Lauren, hello. Hello. I'm sorry if I sound a little bit stuffy. <laughs> I mean, I've been sick since like November, so. Uh, I feel you there. Although, like I mentioned on the podcast earlier this week, the sun did start to shine in Belgium, which is a massive surprise. Um, it's gone away. I can confirm it did rain a lot yesterday. And if you follow all the various di- different riders that are already um, in the area of the course for Paris Bay, it looks muddy and wet which I guess we can get into a bit later. The Trek Segafredo team went out yesterday and it looked horrendous. It was like 2021 repeat. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't think because the temperature is pretty cool again today, I don't think a lot of that water is going to dry up. Um, So that might add to to the dynamic of the race that we see uh, tomorrow. Yeah, so Lauren and I are here the day before Paribay Femavec Zwift to chat about everything that we couldn't talk about earlier in the week because we didn't have a complete start list. So we're going to go over the start list. And then I had an awesome conversation with Allison Jackson. That's also a written piece on escapecollective.cc. So you can check that out if you want. And it's linked in the show notes below. But we're going to talk about the start list. We're going to talk a little bit about the course. Allison actually mentioned the rain. Uh, and how that might impact the race. So we can talk about that as well. And then we'll wrap up the episode with a short chat I had with Micah Van de Doon, the young Dutch rider on Canyon Sram who is turning heads. So let's dive into it. Let's talk about the start list. I think we should start with the biggest talking point, which is no Marlon Rusa. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, you know, in our little back and forth conversation on the the Wheel Talk uh, WhatsApp group, she was my pick just based on her recent form and how great she's been and the course and all those things. Um, you know, Gracie went into the fact that the weather, if, if the weather is bad or there are elements um, like wet roads, for example, that is conducive to a solo winner getting up the road like we've seen before. But um, I think that's a massive blow to the team. And I had to pull up the start list again and then just kind of look through SD works. Um, and you made a comment actually, Abby, that you thought that maybe um, this is the race that we see where it could all unfold for them. And I, I actually have to agree with you on this. Yeah. I mean, no Demi Vollering, which is not super surprising. She's probably targeting the Ardennes coming up and the stage race season this summer. So for her, Perry Roubaix is obviously she probably would have loved to do it. I think most riders would enjoy doing it, but for her, she's got bigger fish to fry, so she's not going to be there. And that's no surprise. But the fact that they've left Rooster off this start list is wild to me because she would have been such a huge asset. And if you look over the race last year and how it unfolded, Elisa Longaborghini obviously won with a solo move, but Ellen Van Dyke was the one who really set that up. I mean, she was doing so much work on the front to make sure that Lotta Capecchi came back when she was off the front, to make sure that the conditions were perfect and the race was fast when Elisa eventually did attack. And Marlon Russo, as we talked with Ellen on the Ghent Wevelgen podcast, is basically the same rider, not Obviously, Ellen has a lot more experience, but Marlon Russo is a very, very similar type of power. And so for SC Works, having her in the race would have made a huge difference. So that they've left her off the start list is such an interesting 
decision. She also didn't race last year. Like it's very, I don't know. It's I bizarre mean, to me. My my line of thinking with with Paris Roubaix, maybe why some riders do choose to skip it, is the risk factor. And again, I think going back to the the conversation that the women's peloton is still really new to this race, still figuring out how to race it. Um, no other cobbles that they experience in the women's calendar well it's the same for the men it's the same as this race and you know the men how many years has Paris Roubaix been around a hundred I don't know 119 exactly so I mean I was listening to um it was reshared actually when Matthew Heyman won in 2016 and being Australian of course we're very proud of that um and he was saying that was his 15th attempt at that race um, so I think maybe for Marlon, she's, she's got a big year ahead. If she's targeting that world, um, time trial as well, which I guess she is her major competitor other than Grace Brown is, is now out. Um, does she risk showing up to this race? She's already had a pretty full spring so far. Maybe she's got other goals with the tours. I don't know. So, I mean, it is interesting, like you said, there's very few riders that can do what Rusa and Van Dyke can do. I think Grace Brown is in a similar category that has that sort of physiological capacity to just pull those monster turns, um, you know, time after time. And so actually I think not having her there, um, sometimes I think a rider like Brown struggles with positioning, which we've seen uh, Van Dyke struggle with as well. I think Rusa is almost a bit better. So maybe not having a rider like Rusa, if things, um, and no Van Dyke, things do split up um, and say Trek or SD Works miss it, they're not going to have that rider that can, to make that difference. The only thing and- that I can see that, that would maybe impact Rusa's decision to race Perry roubaix if it is in fact her decision and not the team, is that the final stage of the Tour de France Femme is a 22-kilometer time trial. Mm-hmm. And it's in Po, so it's not flat. The, it's got one kind of mountain uh, hill in the middle. But that's I think that that would be one of her main targets for the season. Mm-hmm. The, it's not often we see a time trial in a women's stage race. That's like last year I think we only had what one world tour time trial in a stage race maybe two and so it's yeah yeah, Yeah. it would obviously be a huge target for her but that's still so far away i mean that's uh late july and so it would be yeah there would be ample time in theory to bounce back if heaven forbid some kind of accident happened during the race but i don't know i i think like regardless of what goals she has coming up she was for me like a four-star favorite for this race. So I'm, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm really surprised. And if you look at SC Works start list, other than Kopecky, who's obviously, I think, the number one favorite for the race on Saturday tomorrow, they've got like Elena Cicchini, who's extremely uh, experienced, but has is still not 
like one of the top, top riders, in my opinion. They've got Barbara Garishi, who's kind of more of a sprinter, but is also really experienced, but I think would be more there for Lorena Weebus, who's on the start line, who I, I don't know how she's going to do. That's like a big question mark for, he, for me, because obviously she has the power to have a really good race, but she's also she's not had a ton of racing experience because DSM always kept her out of races when she was on the team, unless she could really win it. And so I'm curious to see how she'll do. And I will not be surprised if she does super well. Um, but it's still a question mark for me and like Femke Marcus. And then obviously, uh, Christine Mayurus is a legend and has been in the Peloton a really long time, has raced this race multiple times, well, twice. And so she will be an asset to the team, but there's not a ton of cohesion I see on that roster. So it's going to be- Not the big engines for sure. Not like the big engines that they have in the team. I mean- Chantal Block is obviously out as she's pregnant, but um, I think Russo is definitely one of those riders. Um, but if if I look at the team a second time around, they're really scrappy riders. So Garishi is fantastic at positioning. So is Mayoris. Weebers is a sprinter. So I think um, when push comes to shove, you know, it, it's pretty much like a sprint train going into those sectors. So I think... They will do well in terms of putting Lotta where she needs to be. Are they going to be the team that can get things organized if they have to and chase? Probably not. Um, Paru Bay is a pretty hard race to chase in. Um, and again, going back to you need to have those really strong riders like a Van Dyke or a Rusa who can also ride the cobbles but has the force behind the legs. Um, so I think that will be key in their approach. And I guess... When Lotta wants to go, she'll go. Um, we saw her try last year and then they'll give her the freedom. And she's the sort of rider who actually she can go with 40 kilometers to go. And if she gets a gap, I think she has has the depth and the strength she's shown that. They either think that the race is going to be so hectic that it's actually better to have scrappy riders that, that are going to force their way into any split or they are so confident in Lada Kapeki that they're like, ah, she doesn't need Marlon Russo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we look at kind of the other teams on the start list, obviously Trek Segafredo has won this race twice. Um, I think a lot of that not only comes down to the strong and experienced team that they've had the last two years, but also the equipment. They spend more effort and time and thought on the equipment than any other team in the Peloton. And that's obviously paid off for them really well in Paris-Roubaix, a race where equipment matters more than pretty much any other race on the calendar. And they are starting with the 2022 winner, Elisa Longo-Borghini, who's had COVID but finished third at Flanders. So pretty, like, I mean, she's the comeback is really, really impressive if you follow her on Instagram. Um, they have Eleanor Baxed. It's her first Perry Roubaix. So that'll be really interesting. She's obviously super strong. Balsamo is also really, really strong. I would put her with Weebus though, where I'm like, I don't know how you're going to do it, Perry Roubaix, but you definitely have the ability to do well. Uh, Lucinda Brand, who finished second last year. So if the trend continues, Lucinda will win this year because Elisa was second <laughs> in the first year. And... And obviously, like as a cyclocross rider, the bike handling will come in really 
um, will be really important there. Lisa Klein, time trial master, who's not, she's new to the team. And so we've not really seen her race Mm -hmm. with them yet. Um, She's raced obviously in Australia and she did a couple of the classics earlier in the year on Lupit Newsad indoors and stuff. But I'm curious to see how she will fit into the team. And then Ilaria Sanguinetti. So they have a really strong team. And I would usually say like that I'm not sure how this team is going to do, but I have a lot of confidence in this team, actually. I think, like, the more I look at it, the more I'm like, okay, I think they can do really well. Can they win? I don't know. I I honestly, like, I really have no idea how they would be able to pull it off a third year in a row. But I think that team. their team is better rounded than SD Works, if, if I'm honest. They don't have the standout of Lotta Capecchi, although, I mean, Longa Borghini is strong. I mean, for her to just keep coming back like she did, she did massive turns in Flanders as well. And I think just in general, it looks like they're getting a bit more organized track. So um, I wouldn't discount them. Like you said, they've had a lot of success in this race already with two wins and podiums. Um, so who who they'll be in for? I feel like Balsamo, they might give a chance um here and then Elisa very much in a working role and then if she is feeling good and the opportunity arises to just go for it because you've got nothing to lose if she comes back they've got some great options behind so that's what you need you need a rounded team in this um I think those are the two like biggest teams obviously uh going into the race and then there's a couple other teams that I think I think that we should just mention like individual riders for obviously mariana voss is starting for yumbo visma and she's been coming back from injury so she's not been her top game in the races so far this year but this was a race that she targeted last year tested positive for covid the morning of the race and so i think this is a race that if we're going to see the voss of 2022 and before come back i think it'll be this race Agreed. And she has shown some good form already. So I think she's got the legs. This is a race that suits a technical rider um, and someone who can put themselves in the right place at the right time. And that is Mariana Voss. Um, The question will be this year, do we finally see a small group go to the finish? That is definitely the question. Obviously, we've seen solo moves both both additions so far that have gone before the Carrefour de Labra, so before 20 kilometers to go. And that is, yeah, are we going to see that again? Or are we going to see a small group? Because if it's a small group and we come into the velodrome with Voss versus Capecchi, that's a really, yeah, it's a really, really interesting combination. Yeah. yeah. That said, we've seen um, with Roubaix, at least in the men's race, when a small group comes in, you you can't actually pick who's going to take it because even if in another race a certain rider was faster per se, um, after racing Roubaix, you're just, like Gracie has said time and time before, at the end of the those hard classics, it's just like brute power. Yeah. You, you can't almost pick who's going to win. So, yeah. Um, but I would say Voss is, she would be my pick in a, in a small group. That is that, that a heart pick or a head pick? Yes. Heart. <laughs> we both um, picked Voss for our heart picks. Yeah. 
Mm. It would just be so great. Yeah, it's like Voss wearing the yellow jersey of the Tour de France Femme of X Swift. It just like feels right for Voss yep. to win Perry Roubaix at one point in her career. Yeah, I think um, in terms of other individual riders, I hope Pfeiffer Georgie um, has another good ride. Obviously, in Flanders, a lot of riders got caught out with what happened in the Koppenberg and all the other stuff that sort of unfolded there. But she's had a really strong spring season. Um, it will be interesting. She is still a young rider too to see how she she pulls up on the day. But I think that could be interesting. Charlotte's a cool, very exciting rider, fantastic sprinter. But I think Paris-Roubaix is going to be a bit too hard for her stage in her development. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I'm really interested in DSM because like they've got Charlotte Cool, Pfeiffer Georgie, and Megan Jastrab, who I put in my preview as a dark horse. She rode incredibly well at Ghent Wevelgem. And I'm super excited to see how she develops as a classics rider in the future. But I think like looking at their team, it's a young team that I think could surprise us. Yeah, I agree with that. And they've raced really well the rest of the spring. So um, I think all teams going into this race need to just be opportunistic. And as um, I've heard again, going back to Matt Heyman, he said, whatever something happens in the race, you just have to keep racing um, because other people will puncture, other people will crash. You've just got to keep pushing along. Um it's just a race of attrition, really, Paris-Roubaix, and it's a hell of a lot of luck too. So that that's a massive factor. You already mentioned Grace Brown, who is your pick and definitely has the power to be able to win a race like this. Um, I mean, she's up in the same kind of category as Ellen Van Dyke and, and Marlon Rooser in terms of time trialing ability. So she's she has the power and she also has the guts to be able to attack at the right time. We've seen her do it before. We saw it at um, Liege Bass on Liege. Um, we saw it yes. at Bruges de Pana. We saw it at Bruges yep. de Pana. Yeah. Um, when she attacked a group of sprinters, basically caught them all off guard and soloed to to win. And I think that she has she has it in her to be able to have a result. Can she win? I think that would be incredible. I don't know. I if think she's yeah quite there yet, but. No, and I think the positioning, that was more of a heart pick too, but um, I think the positioning is what will let her down in a race like this um, because simply put, if, if you can't put yourself at the front without your teammates, um, it's, it's just impossible unless the whole of the front of the peloton crashes out which we have seen. But, um, you know, if she's given space to go, then I think she is a dangerous rider to to let up the road because, you know, once you're solo, you can pick all the lines that you want to take and then it's just a matter of time trialing to the finish. Um, so that that's a bit of a heart and a head pick. Um, other riders, I think, again, um, Elena Sierra has been a really strong rider from Movie Star, so I think she'll be definitely up there in the mix. Um, and Florcha Mackay, curious to see. Um, she is a rider I think who can potentially do well in this race because she's strong, she's scrappy, she can position well. Um, but 
I, I don't see Movie Star being a standout team in this race, actually. It's interesting to me that they're starting with five. So obviously, Anamik Van Vluden decided not to show up. Yeah, well, that was kind of a... I threw that out there last episode because I was like, you know, I wouldn't put it past her. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Last year racing. Yeah. yeah. I think she's she'll go for the triple At least grand she says win, it's though. the last year racing. Yes, we've seen other... Who said that it was their last Chantal. year? And then that, Ashley Mulman, Passio. Ashley Mulman, Passio. Yeah, it's happened time and time again. Um, if we just kind of like... So we'll just run through the start list really quick and then chat with Allison Jackson live racing we've not really seen much from them so if we i yeah i don't really see them making a huge impact marta bastianelli uae team adq i think she's got the experience and she's also it's her last year as well so i think she has nothing to lose when it comes to this race is um also kenyan shram yeah, I don't I was looking at them and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like I would be really really excited for them to give Tiffany Cromwell a chance at getting a result because I think when it comes to a race like this, she's super strong. She does the gravel, so in terms of like handling a bike on variable terrain, I think she has the ability and she's super um super experienced. She know she reads the peloton really well. So I feel like when I look at their roster, I'm like, man, I really would love to see them give this opportunity to to, to Tiffany. But they also have Sherry Bussett, B- mm-hmm. Bussett, who just signed a extension. So she's with the team through 2025. And I think they have a lot of belief in her ability to deliver in a race like this, as well as Micah Van- Vandadoon, who's had a incredible couple of races this year so they have a really interesting team with riders that i'm super excited to see like how they're going to do but i also just have time and time again i've believed in them and have been let down so i'm not entirely sure how i how to take that team you know i guess what we should have spoken about as well is and i think allison jackson is going to get into this but um maybe we won't go there then is the early break and which riders and which teams do we think will really make a push for that? Because obviously in a race like this, I think it's the most important thing to try and get capable riders up the road that you know can still contribute once um, the lead riders eventually get across. So an Elise Shabby is is perfect for that. I want to jump to my conversation with Allison because she actually talked about an early break and how that could impact the race. And she talked about the weather. So let's hear my chat with Allison and then we'll be right back. Allison, Allison Jackson of EF Education, Hibco, Silicon Valley Bank. How are you feeling? Good. Yeah. No, we've got a couple of uh, sunny days in Belgium. So when you got sun in Belgium, it's a good day. Yeah, that's great. I mean, uh, quite the change from the last week or so. Yeah, really. Actually, I mean, this whole spring, we've got like true classics weather this spring, just like cold rain we've had snow yeah but we are talking a few days before Paris-Roubaix Femme avec Zwift and it looks like it's going to be pretty nice weather yeah I think so which you know um we we've got to experience both a really wet terrible rainy kind of Paris-Roubaix and then also a dry one and um the first edition when it was so wet I was like this is not my favorite race at all this is only for the fans 
There is no way any of us who ride it in the rain actually enjoy it. This is only entertainment for the fans. And then um, then we had a dry Perrier Bay, and that was really fun. Um, it's really fun just trying to see how little cobbles you can ride. Um, and it's just like the type of just the right amount of chaos that I really love. And I guess when it's drier, that also means that there's way more tactics that come into play because it's not just like survival. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's always still a little bit of survival, but now you don't have all the so much just like bad luck of crashing and and uh, flats and whatever else. So, so yeah, you can use your brain a little rather than just the survival. How are you guys feeling as a team going into the race on Saturday? Yeah, I think, I mean, we, we've had mostly a disappointing spring. Um, and also, like, for me, coming onto the program, um, I just w- wanted to help the team or elevate the team in their c- classics campaign. And we've just been, you know, on some key moments, just, like, missing the mark. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we go into this race um, still, I mean, you know, resiliency in bike racing. Um, you always have another chance. So you got to start out with, you know, kind of a fresh agenda. Um, but I think what, what really is going to favor us is just being aggressive, trying to get ahead of the race and, and then, um, you know, not get caught up in some of these crashes or whatever. So yeah, we did the, a bit of a recon today. Um, and I think there's going to be some rain before the weekend. And so it's even doing the recon, um, the, the cobbles on the roads and the gutters are going to change with a couple of days of rain. Um, so yeah, you just kind of have to be on the lookout for um, where the, the best line is. But yeah, I, what's really great about this team is that the we all, as teammates, we get along super well and the atmosphere is real um, fun and positive. And I think, I mean, that's what, keeps a, a team alive and what keeps riders um yeah able to bash it out again and again um when you know you've got a, a supportive program and team and and are in a good place so and since we last talked you actually are it's kind of like coming home for you in a way coming back to you've ridden for tipco previously before it was a world tour team spent a ton of time in Europe and now you can take that experience back to the team that you used to be a part of but is now obviously stepped up to the world tour which is pretty cool yeah you know and I really feel like I get to be a difference maker um, on the program and and whether that is like you know you know I want to be the one that gets across the line first um, and that's one type of being a difference maker but also yeah bringing my experience and being able to break it down to more North American riders. I think, um, like, you know what it's like coming from, um, the States and from Canada over to Europe, it's a different style of racing. And, and we don't grow up with just kind of the immersion method of learning. Um, so to be able, you know, you say like, uh, you, you know, this is a key point. We got to be in front. Um, you know, we got a position here or hold position, but then actually how, how does that, like, how do you break that down into like a, a skill that, that you can teach. And I feel like I am able, I've went, I went through that myself, figuring it out and being able to put it in words to, to teach the team how to do some of this. Um, so I really feel like I've got to be a difference maker for uh, my teammates and how they're just like learning and growing as bike racers. And and that's what has made me really excited from February in the, in we had, we saw a bit of success and a lot of improvement from the girls in kind of the Spanish races 
and then to build on that every time we come into these races. So, um, yeah, I think, I mean, it's always different when you come into a new program. Um, but yeah, it, it's also really from being on European programs for so many years and then coming to an English dominant program where like, it's so much easier to get across jokes. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> they get your humor. And yeah. And like reference points are the same and stuff. So actually, yeah, it's, that's been real fun. Awesome. So you talk about positioning and being ready for each crucial part of the race, but Paris-Roubaix, you've only raced it twice. It's only existed for, for two years in the women's peloton. So how do you prepare for the crucial parts of this race since it's so new and it's so important at so many different points of the race? Yeah. And, and then, and it changes for us year after year. I mean, the first year was so short and then the, the weather makes it so different. The second year we had like, they made, they made it a little bit longer. We had a couple of these like short laps, crit laps before going into the cobbles. And now we have quite a, quite a big section um, with a big, big lap and a couple of small laps before we get into the cobbles. And I think that really will allow teams to set up the race. And what you see a lot of times in, in the men's race, you have, that early break that really can actually go quite a long way. And we couldn't play that tactic in the women's race because um, it's so short and so fast. Um, the Peloton would never let something get away. It never settled down enough to, for a break to get away before the cobble. So I think we can, so it's going to be a different, it's going to, it can be raced differently um, this year to set it up. So yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we really have to take from kind of watching like the the men's race has a longer history. So we can take some kind of, um, you know, learning of how the, that race plays out. But yeah, really, because it is so new, we're, we're making it into our own. So we're watching it as like the, you know, the history seals itself. And um, yeah, I, I think... Um, we've learned so much about like, I mean, the recon then becomes more important just going over these sectors again and again, but even then, like, um, today we wrote it dry, but in a, when it's wet, it totally changes. And I think when you have more experience year after year of riding it in different conditions, you'll know what to expect or what it might kind of look like. So if the weather changes just before we go out there. Um, we won't have that same depth of reference points to kind of take. So then we, we really kind of ride it like cowboys, I guess. <laughs> I love that. Um, what do you expect from yourself going into the race? Cause you said you want to cross the line first, but when you look at this race, like, what are you hoping to accomplish? Yeah. Um, so I, I think, I mean, coming out of some of the other spring um, races, I just, I really want to, I want to race, uh, yeah, for the win. And I think really that's going to mean getting ahead of, um, or or not just waiting for when SD Works is going to do something. Um, I think there's a few riders that you can really key off of. And I think a lot of Kopecky really wants to win this race. Um but then, you know, if you can, if you can even catch her off guard or be, be a little bit ahead of, of, um, you know, when she comes across to you or whatever, I think that's in a good situation. But, um, yeah, Perry Roubaix is one that, 
I mean, you've got to have the good luck and uh, you got to keep fighting. So the fighting spirit, I think um, for me is going to take me far. Yeah. And then, and also like, you got to like experience the journey as it happens. So Perry Bay, I mean, some other races, maybe you can target and really say like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, flesh Malone. Like I can, I can do good power up the Hui, but the mirror de Hui, but here it's just like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta have the good luck and, uh, be ready to battle. You mentioned SC Works. They've been they've won five of the seven one days in Europe so far this year. How do how do you beat them? I mean, how does the Peloton beat them? Because right now it looks like they're pretty unbeatable. Yeah, but I and I and I think we're kind of at the cusp of where women's racing is changing a little bit and, and we have yet to sort of like figure that out. Whereas I think a lot of times in, in women's racing, the racing is so fast and hard you really just keep trying to save energy into the last moment, like attritional racing. But here, I think now, now we have to be a little bit more bolder. And I think, um, you know, the, the depth of riders, we've got a lot more stronger riders and different teams, but you know, bike racing is exciting because it's the tactics when you use your energy and where can really dictate how the, the race rolls. And I think, yeah, we just, we got to see more bold racing, I think, from other other teams. Be be willing to lose it all in order to win. Um, but I think, um, yeah, that's that's how I think we got to race against a team like SD Works. I mean, if you if you race like a cowboy, they're Dutch. They don't know anything about cowboys. <laughs> they don't know how to wrangle a cow. Like, there's no way. That's that's exactly right. <laughs> we're, we're bringing in a, a new race tactic. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you so much for your time it's been so great to catch up with you and can't wait to see how you do on saturday and and also beyond so thanks thanks abby all right so allison talked about how the race is tacked on some early early kilometers a loop around the start village that is potentially if you look at it you're like okay well they've just added some kilometers before the first gravel or the first cobble sector but it could actually impact the race quite dramatically in the past they've only done basically like a crit style loop around the start before they hit the first sector of cobbles but this year there's a there's a long loop that is definitely offers some potential for an early break to get ahead of the cobbles before the race really starts. And that is something that's super interesting in terms of riders that we definitely haven't mentioned could find themselves in an early break, could find themselves in front of the cobbles. And like Allison said, when I chatted with her, if she's up the road and Lotta Kopecky goes off the front and kind of, she has that advantage of being able to pick the lines from the breakaway because it's a smaller peloton so you can ride where you want to ride a little bit more and if Lotta comes across to her then she's in the perfect position like can she hold on if Trek Segafredo and SC Works make the race hard and break the race apart you have to have good luck and you have to be in the right position and that's super hard because everyone wants to be in the same position but if you have a head start 
that that could be a potential result for someone like Allison, someone like Elise Shabby, someone like, you know, anyone who we've not mentioned, someone who could completely surprise us and take us off guard. Yeah, that's that's 100% true. And I think the riders, if this early break does go, it's going to be riders from teams like Ceratiz, WNT Pro Cycling, um, Human Powered Health, um, Uno X, perhaps AG Insurance, Sudal Quickstep. Those are the sort of teams that we're going to hopefully see in this composition. And I actually think EF Education, TIPCO, um, falls into that sort of mix of teams that they'll let riders get up the road. And, you know, I'm curious to see how Clara Hossinger goes um, in a race like this because we, we talked about cross riders and you just sort of assume that the riders that race cross in the off seasons, this is like could be their bread and butter in a sense because it is that technical handling. Um, so I, I'm really curious to see how the race unfolds. Let's hope that not too many riders and teams want to get into this early break and neutralize the break, which we've seen before, um, because I think it will lead to an interesting dynamic. Yeah, 100%. Allison also mentioned that while the weather is predict predicted to be nice tomorrow, as you said, when we came into this episode, it has rained. It is cold. So that rain is not going to dry before tomorrow. And that means that everyone who rode recon leading up to the race, it basically means nothing in terms of the conditions because they're going to be completely different on Saturday than the recon that they would have ridden earlier in the week. So that's something that's really interesting. Like obviously the first year we had the race, it was really, really wet, like really, really chaotic. And last year was super dry. Every single picture is just dust, so much dust. Mm -hmm. And this year is going to be like a hybrid of the two. Like it's going to be, it's <laughs> yeah. going to be kind of wet, but it's not going to be wet enough that it's like complete chaos. But there is definitely an element of equipment and being in the right place at the right time that is going to be more crucial tomorrow with a little bit of moisture in the in between the cobbles and on the cobbles. So that's really, really interesting. Yeah, picking your line is going to be even more important because I think like we saw in the men's race in Flanders, that guy that crashed into the peloton, he hit a, a hole basically because it was covered in a puddle of water. And I mean, when you're racing Roubaix and you decide to go off the cobbles into the side, you're not going to know how deep some of those holes are. So, yeah, it's that was kind of terrifying. That was completely insane. That was yeah. like, <laughs> my favorite My favorite meme, like, ever was, uh, I can't remember what his name is, but he does these amazing drawings. And oh, yes. He yeah, did, yeah, like, yeah. Miley Cyrus, like, it came in like a I mean, wrecking like a <laughs> ball. <laughs> it's like him on a wrecking ball. Oh, my God, it was so good. It was such a good meme. Uh yeah, the I think the weather, like, well, I didn't mention the weather in my preview as being a huge factor in the race because the weather on the day isn't going to be a huge fast factor in the race. But the weather leading up to the race, it will be interesting to see what role it plays because it's not going to be insignificant. All right. what I don't think there's – I think we've covered pretty much everything and – Allison did a really awesome job of explaining a couple things. And to close out the episode, I chatted with Micah Vanderdoon of Canyon Stram about her move to the team and her season so far and her goals. So we'll wrap up the episode with that. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back 
on Sunday with a breakdown of the race with Gracie and Matt Deneef. And we're really excited. This is going to be, I'm so excited. I'm so, I'm like jittery. I'm so excited for Paris-Roubaix. This race is just a complete beast of its own. I think every so year it gets, <laughs> every year it gets more exciting. Uh, Cause every year the Peloton gets better at racing it. And that's just, and you know, what's great about this weekend, particularly if you live in a country like Belgium, where it's going to be pretty gray and crappy all weekend, you can tune into two ra- Paris Roubaix on Saturday and Sunday. It's yeah. Fantastic. I love that. They actually quite like, yeah. Oh, also, um, we should mention that the live coverage starts, it's 3 p.m. local time. So see uh, Central Europe summer time. Time zones are not my forte, but it's 3 p.m., which means that there is a chance the live coverage will start before the first cobbled sector, which we have never seen before. We have oh, never wow. seen the Peloton enter the first cobbled sector. So that is super exciting. So make sure you tune in from the very beginning. Like this is a race that you want to watch every single second of it. So there's predicted to be three hours of live coverage. You want to see all three hours of that live coverage. I guarantee it. And I will try to get to one of the last couple of sections just to look at it. And then I'm going to the velodrome. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back and have a great weekend. You've had some really good races so far this season. How are you feeling? Um, yeah, I'm really happy with how it went um, till, till now. Um, with the team and personal, yeah, um, made a good step forward this year, last winter. So, um, yeah, I think we can be, yeah, I'm really happy how, how it goes at the moment. How different is the team from your your previous team? Because you were on a British team before and you you made the leap to Canyon Shram, which is a world tour team. Is it a really different environment? Um, I think there is, yeah, for sure. It's more, uh, there is more professionality, professionality, professionality. <laughs> and um, also with the girls, for sure, you're... Um, you're they are stronger and you can learn from them and yeah you really make each other better um on that part for fisc- on fiscal part mm-hmm. and yeah for sure there's more knowledge um about um uh, materials and um, training wise um yeah like a lot of more knowledge from mm-hmm. from a lot of parts Awesome. How are you feeling with Perry roubaix this weekend? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm really excited. And um, I think we can do as a team really well this weekend. And yeah, it will be also... Yeah, I think it will be a little bit like the first edition. So we'll be really excited to watch. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward. And I think we can have confidence... Uh, can take confidence from last week, uh, the last weeks, how it went. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward. What is, can you tell me anything about the team plan or your plan for the race without giving too much away? Um, yeah, for sure we want to enter the, 
the the velodrome as first. <laughs> <laughs> that's very yeah. yeah, good goal. Very good goal. <laughs> yeah, that's that's our team plan. And this is so you raced Prairie Bay the first year when the weather played a massive role, but you didn't get to race it last year, correct? No, for to be fair, this is my first uh, time that I really yeah participate in Roubaix. Yeah, I mean the first year was totally crazy, and it seemed like last year, with the weather being so good, teams were actually able to kind of plan for the race instead of just surviving out there but this year being the third edition there's a lot more experience from all of the teams going in so do you think that that will impact the race Mm, i don't know i think with the knowledge from the years um there will be there can be more situation scenarios that they want to play out because they know that it can work but um, I think it will be a little bit as the first edition so in the end it's also just how you can ride your bike positioning wise and um, survive <laughs> <laughs> so having having been in the races so far this year Obviously, SC Works is dominating the races at the moment. Do you have an idea of how you can beat them or how they can be beat on Saturday? Uh, for sure, we everyone you can yeah everyone is uh, it's possible to beat. <laughs> I think they have a strong block, but um, Roubaix will be something different, and I think it's harder to play the strengths out or your riders out. Um, Yeah, for sure you're not going to want to ride with a lot of girls from them to the finish. But if you can play that game before, um, everything is possible. And after you play Roubaix, what are your goals for the rest of the season? Um, yeah, after Roubaix, I'm going to the Drag Nations Cup in Milton. And then afterwards, for sure... Um, yeah, goals. Yeah, there are a lot of goals. <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah, to be fair, it's hard to say really like what are the main goals. But there comes a lot of uh, nice races. Um, and yeah. Okay. We will. Good. I just wanted to kind of get a, a little sense of how you're feeling because it's been fun to watch you so far this year i feel like you you're an exciting writer to watch and uh, uh, thank you look, looking forward to cheering you on on saturday and for the rest of the season ah uh, okay thanks a lot